Welcome to Healthcare Upside Down with your host, Dr. Nick Vanterhaven, and brought to you by ECG Management Consultants. You can learn more about the show on the program's page at healthcarenowradio.com or on our blog at ecgmc.com hud. The U.S. spends more on healthcare per capita than any other country on the planet. So why don't we have superior outcomes? Why haven't the principles of capitalism prevailed? And why do American consumers have so much trouble accessing and paying for healthcare? Each week, Healthcare Upside Down will dive into these and other issues with ECG principal, Dr. Nick, and guest panelists as they discuss the upsides and downsides of healthcare in the U.S. and how to make the system work for everyone. And we end with your better pill to swallow, the conclusion to today's episode with insights on challenges and changes that improve healthcare. Now here's your host, Dr. Nick. It is well-established medical knowledge that obesity is a major contributor to disease and poor health. Being overweight increases your risk of disease and increases the chances of suffering from a wide range of chronic and acute conditions, many of which are life-threatening and worse, life-limiting. Prior to the 1970s, the obesity rate of our population remained fairly steady, but increased sharply in the ensuing decades. There's no doubting the steady increase in people's weight, and there have been many attempts to combat this in the forms of diets and guidance. In 1980, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the U.S. Department of Agriculture released a document titled Dietary Guidelines for Americans. The guidelines were intended to reduce the risk of obesity and chronic disease. They offered some simple guidance that suggested variety and moderation, but our population continued to get fatter. Our obesity rates have doubled since then, and currently close to half the population is overweight or obese. We have a problem, a big problem, and it's getting bigger. I'm certain people do not get up in the morning wondering how they can eat unhealthily and make bad choices for their personal health. There's nothing that tastes as good as being slim feels, but clearly guidelines are not working and people are struggling to make good choices. And despite a number of efforts, we continue to see rates rise. So what can we do and how should we approach nutrition and health? Join me on the Healthcare Upside Down show as I talk with Dr. Kim Williams. He's the professor and chair in the Department of Medicine at the University of Louisville. We explore practical and understandable nutritional guidance. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, the current guidelines, or at least the history of uh, guidelines for nutrition, I think has generally served the population, at least in this country and perhaps in other countries, relatively poorly. Uh, Would you agree? And what are the problems with the current nutritional guidelines? So two different, two completely different aspects of that. Number one is that they have not been plant-based enough. And that has to do with a lot of commercial entities who are dependent on agribusiness that is uh, animal-based. And so cholesterol, saturated fat, we've, those were identified long ago. And people will argue that they're really not that bad. Those arguments sort of went, got silenced with COVID, where it was shown unequivocally that people who do plant-based nutrition do better with, really, we knew this, colds, flus, 
and it certainly was true of COVID-19, um, that nobody was fine of vegan who died of COVID. I'm sure that's not true, but it's something that's said. <laughs> um, and, it's, and I can't refute it, and I know a lot of vegans uh, who had COVID. But more importantly, it was the moderate to severe illness that was dramatically reduced by doing plant-based nutrition. And so all of the people who were doing uh, like weight loss, because we have a obesity epidemic in this country and you know everyone's trying to figure out a way to lose weight. One of the most effective is keto diet. But if you do keto with plants, the publications say that you live longer. And if you do keto with animals, you live shorter. Your blood pressure goes down because your weight goes down, your insulin level goes down, your diabetes gets better but your cholesterol goes up and your inflammatory markers go up, which is happening whenever people eat uh, a animal product. And so it turns out that they did very poorly with COVID and was almost a 54% increased uh, risk of having a, a moderate to severe illness. And so I haven't heard much from the keto people, um, not like we did in 2019. Uh, hopefully they're all changing to plant-based and doing, if they really believe in keto, do keto plant-based. Okay, so we, we struggle um, with the commercial entities uh, actually influencing scientific publications, but they also influence our guidelines. Now, within those guidelines though, there were some good things such as um, uh, that people should eat three cups of fruits and vegetables every day. Well, it turns out that that brings us to our second problem. There's that implementation of those guidelines is really poor. And even the guidelines who we, which we would disagree with were at least headed in the right direction in terms of cutting back on fried foods, cutting back on sodium. You know, when people are eating a lot of sodium, I just tease them a little bit and say, that's a salt and battery to your cardiovascular system, okay? And so we've got to get people educated uh, to know what's good, what's bad, what's neutral. And to, to in order to do that, we need better implementation tools for whatever guidelines we come up with. Now, <clears throat> we do have better guidelines um, than the food pyramid and the stuff that was done in the past. The dietary guidelines for Americans, we, we've updated those kinds of recommendations from the American Heart Association, American College of Cardiology, Please, that everyone who's interested, look at the 2019 prevention guidelines. And, you know, I know my vegan colleagues were upset at me for authoring something that had fish in it. Um, the fish totally is a substitutionary benefit uh, over red meat, and red meat would be a substitutionary benefit over eggs, and eggs would be a substitutionary benefit over processed red meat. Uh, so there's a hierarchy of mortality uh, with animal products. All of them have it. It's just some that are better than others. And so, you know, it's kind of like comparing you know, mercury poisoning to lead poisoning to arsenic poisoning to cyanide. I mean, <laughs> if you're given a choice of the four, please don't take the cyanide. Um, but optimally, people would decrease um, the amount of animal products they're, they're doing. Now, having said that, probably the most important thing that I could, could, could say is that when we talk about substituting or going on a plant-based diet, many people actually do the wrong thing, which is we also need to avoid sugar and we need to avoid uh, refined carbohydrates and you find them everywhere. Those vegan cupcakes, those vegan donuts, the ice cream, the pasta that's made with refined grains. Actually, when you look at the unhealthy plant-based diet, the data from the Harvard group says that the mortality is actually higher than eating animals. 
And so we have so many articles saying that vegan diet doesn't help you. Well, that's because, you know, vegan is defined as it didn't come from an animal. How about doing a whole food plant-based diet? That would be a superior way to live and it's better for the planet, better for all the animal rights things. These are issues that we all are going to have to deal with at some point, uh, but how about just human health and decreasing healthcare costs in this country? So I, th there's a lot in there to process and contemplate from a, an individual standpoint. And, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, I, I want to follow this. I, I want to be uh, in a healthy uh, trajectory, but I'm challenged to understand those choices because it's not as simple as, you know, I should be vegan as you've rightly described. So when you uh, talk to your patients and you, you advocate for this, where do you start? What is the sort of basis for the best trajectory for somebody to adopt the healthiest form of, of dietary intake? So I would say the most important thing you could do as a clinician is start where the patient is. I know it's a Dean Ornish line that uh, has served me well uh, to, you know, and near, I'm getting a lot of people, they'll see me in a movie or something and they'll, they're the CEO of a company and they're, they want to prolong their existence. And, and that person has a completely different background uh, than someone who comes from where I grew up on the south side of Chicago, uh, is growing up in poverty, doesn't have access to the best food. Why do we have these? They, they're called food deserts. I renamed them food desserts. Okay. okay. And, yeah, and, that, fair, fair, fair renaming there, I think. <laughs> exactly. And it's they, because the businesses on the corner store are there to make money and to try to survive as a business. They're only going to sell the things that people buy. So again, we have to educate people. So um, my job really is an educator and I have people who are motivated like me. Uh, when I found out my cholesterol is, was elevated, I was over 45, I was black, I was male. I, had, I knew if I didn't fix it, I knew for sure that I would have a cardiovascular event and that I could at least do my best. And so uh, I, I'm highly motivated by medical literature. It's easy for me to, to look at those you know, tasty, delectable, you know, vegan desserts, see one publication that says, you know, that's bad for you and just change. Not everybody's like that. Mm. Many people are. And so if I detect that, I just give them all the data and they can run with it on their own. But the other, the other side of that coin are the people who are growing up. And when you tell them that they shouldn't eat ham hocks and neck bones in their greens and sweet tea and yams are fine, but not candied yams. When you tell them that you're attacking their family, their upbringing, their culture, sometimes their church. And this is something you have to do with really compassion, understanding, and, and being knowledgeable about what it is that they're going through. Now, I do have an advantage that even, you know, my, my people from the South side of Chicago are coming to see me, I'm a cardiologist. So by the time they're in my office, something happened. Mm. Okay. And so I can use that as a teachable moment and say, you know, the typical conversation would be I'm rounding in the coronary care unit the next morning after somebody, one of my colleagues put in a stent in an artery and I, 
I asked the patient, you know, can you just bear with me for a couple of minutes? You know, I, I, you're going to have this, what seems like the silliest conversation you've ever had with a doctor. Uh, and they usually say, okay. And I say, just tell, and tell me in your own words, what happened to you? I said, well, I had a stent. I said, then why did you need the stent? Well, uh, I had a blocked artery. And what was it blocked with? There's usually a pause. And then people will say, um, plaque? And I say, that's right. And what was plaque made out of? And they may struggle a little bit with that one, but most people, most people will come up regardless of level of education or health literacy. They'll say uh, cholesterol or fat. And I say, and where did that come from? And without blinking an eye, they'll all say, I ate it. And I said, okay, all right, we're putting you on a plant-based diet so this doesn't happen again. And if you decide not to do it, we make more money. Okay. And your father or your family will be very upset with you because you may not survive the next event. And so you have to choose, uh, are you going to choose the foods that you like, or you want to live longer um, and, or change the way that you're eating and change what you like, because uh, that is something that really does happen over time. When you eat more healthy, you like healthy. So I, I think, you know, Dean Ornish's uh, commentary about meeting the patient where they are, it, it, essential, you know, that compassion and, you know, being appropriate and the opportunity of that teachable moment. Um, you've sort of described, I, I, I guess, a fundamental, which is plant-based. And, you know, I prefer that term. I, I almost find veganism is a pejorative in some instances and you know i declare myself i i moved into that uh, category and it can be very challenging because of lack of availability um especially traveling i found that you know and, and the further south i go i've got to be honest it, it's hard um but there's increasing options and companies that are focused on this and one of the things that strikes me is that maybe those are part of the unhealthy group in in some of these vegan options that are being and I'll I'll pick on a, a Chinese dish that came with a vegan chicken option which was mm -hmm. fake chicken. Yep. Does where does that sit in the the list of risks is that as good as being plant-based or is there challenges with this so i'm so glad you're asking that <clears throat> it's a common question so first of all the availability is increasing around the world and there are apps that you can use on your phone i won't mention any you know brand names but i can if you search for them you'll find them where it'll detect the location of your phone and tell you what's around you in terms of plant-based nutrition and all varieties of it is completely plant-based or vegan, vegetarian, uh, or plant-based options. And that is done well. You know, where did it not, where did it fail me? I would say Parada, Colombia was tough and Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, but Jeddah, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, no problem. And so you, you find that the, the, that app, which is sort of crowdsourced, um, and I actually found a, a, a restaurant here in a salad place here in Louisville that wasn't on it. So I went through it and tried to get it on there. I didn't go back to see if it's there, there. but the idea that it's crowdsourced has its limitations that sometimes you get a place that's closed or something like that. And so I always call first um, when I'm going to head to one of them, but it, at least you've got a lot of information. Now, the other side of it is, um, yeah, I, I really resonate with what you said, avoiding the term vegan, because it does have a lot of 
you know, negative connotations, um, which is unfortunate that, you know, this was actually in one of those Netflix uh, movies. I was stunned to hear at the end. But, well, the reason that they were so happy to find out that she got caught was because uh, vegans are self-righteous. You're the they're the only ones who care about the planet. They're the only ones who care about animals. Um, we do have to avoid this this sensation of superiority um, that sometimes we come off as as having. Um, and and I would just say that because I actually did tell you already, my motivation isn't superiority, it's inferiority. That is, I've got the makeup to have a cardiovascular event if I don't do something. So it shouldn't be superiority at all. Um, so we do need the uh, the um, uh, the ability to make uh, the the changes within ourselves and have that motivation. But I want to go back to another part of your question, which is, what about those fake meats? Uh, I this is one of the reasons that when we worked on the nutrition guidelines for primary prevention, we didn't really talk about. Um, you know, substances, we talked about components. So um, lowering the sodium, lowering saturated fat, lowering cholesterol. And if I could get people to re just remember those three things, and these are things that the FDA is big on, and they, they, if the FDA had their way, those would be so large on the label. Sugar content as well, sugar versus fiber ratio. Um, but when it comes to the fake meats, it's about, is no cholesterol, of course, because it's not an animal, but there is some saturated fat in some of them, more than uh, some more than others, and there is sodium, some more than others. And so what are we really trying to accomplish? Uh, get the saturated fat as low as possible. If it's more than two to three grams, I, I personally wouldn't eat it uh, because it's gonna raise my cholesterol. Uh, if the sodium, depends on how sodium sensitive you are. Most African-Americans are fairly sodium sensitive. I've over the decades of being vegan, I've probably moved so I could do, you know, 1800 milligrams of sodium per day. Back in the day, I couldn't because uh, the blood pressure would start to climb. Mm. Um, so each one of those products has to be evaluated on its own merit. It's hard when you're with the example that you gave when it's in a restaurant because you don't have the label to look at. But when you're going to the grocery store, just flip it over. Look at the back. Look at the nutrition labeling. You can find all the nutrition labeling online uh, and make your choices. And so there are a couple of really popular ones that are now in fast food restaurants where the saturated fat is higher in one than it is in the other. The sodium is higher in one than it is in the other. Um, but both of them tend to be very real tasting. Uh, and they don't taste like fake meat at all, mm. but they, you know, watch the sodium and the saturated fat. So get into the detail, understand the underlying elements of this. I mean, I think it's, it's increasing education. And, you know, to your point of that conversation with your patients, if you can explain it in, in terms that they understand, which you've clearly managed to do when you talk about plaques and, um, you know, causative agents, that's absolutely in the capabilities. So we're at this, inf I, I'm I was about to say inflection point, but I'm hesitant now because it doesn't seem like we are inflecting in terms of the obesity epidemic. It, it is a absolute travesty that is befalling the whole population. What do we need to be doing? What should people be doing to change that trajectory? 
So I would say the most important thing is to understand the relationship between the food you eat and your microbiome. That's a word that many people have not heard before. They don't realize that they're less than 50% human as you sit there, okay? You're, that is, that, and if you do it based on DNA, it's like 1,000th human. If you do it on cells, you're about 43% human. And that's because human cells are bigger than the bacteria, viruses, and fungi, and, and the like. Well, it turns out that there are good bacteria in your GI tract, and they're bad bacteria. And when you eat, if I can be, I hope it's not too gross for your audience, but realistic or too realistic, when you eat the carcass of a deceased animal, that has got a certain kind of bacteria. And, you know, hopefully it doesn't become a salmonella or E. coli breakout, you hear more, but, but it's got bacteria in it in the decaying flesh. And you populate your GI tract with that. There's bacteria on plants. Um, but the plants have a lot of that have fiber. They actually change the bacteria behavior inside your GI tract, and they select populations of bacteria that are good for you. So a dysbiotic, as they call it, uh, a bad set of bacteria in your GI tract will result in more obesity, more diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, and it, and therefore heart attack, stroke, death. But worse than that neurologic disorders such as multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's disease and the like. And you hear all this stuff about, oh, I went vegan and my multiple sclerosis got better. Well, that's because you changed your microbiome hmm. and you weren't getting neurotoxins coming out of your GI tract. And so I'm hoping that everyone will focus on that and think for everything you're eating, is that going to make my GI tract bacteria content and variety better or worse and make our decisions based on that? I, I think great advice tremendous opportunity for us to really rethink the way that we uh, incorporate food into our diets we are competing with millennia of development that sort of pushes you towards the unhealthy foods the high calorie dense versions because that's what we're essentially programmed for but you know the availability of better options and the choices has really expanded. I see it internationally more so, uh, certainly in some countries. Um, I, I think you know th these are potentially good times, and I hope we can turn that obesity trajectory into an inflection point that changes um, with some of your advice. Um, Kim, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Dr. Nick. It's been my pleasure. No more salt and battery with food, as Kim pointed out. The science and evidence are clear. We need to change our diets and reduce the amount of sodium or salt, reduce saturated fat, and reduce the amount of cholesterol we consume in our diets. It requires we pay attention to the food we are putting into our bodies. But this is not a one-size-fits-all, as you have heard. We need to meet the patient where they are, which varies widely. Being plant-based may not be accessible or desirable for everyone, but getting healthy is, step by step. There is no food that tastes better than your health. Your better pill to swallow is to focus on the food and nutrition you're eating and help provide your staff and patients with both the information, knowledge and choices to help them select good nutritional options and set them on a path to a healthier life. Thanks for joining me, your host, Dr. Nick, on this week's edition of Healthcare Upside Down. Until next week, keep solving the business of healthcare.
as if your life depended on it, as one day soon, it will. That's all the time we have for today. You can find all of our episodes on your favorite listening platform by searching for Healthcare Now Radio. Also, check out our blog at ecgmc.com slash hud for summaries and commentary from each episode. Follow our show's social hashtag, HCUpsideDown. And join us each week as we work to solve the business of healthcare for everyone. Thank you.